Season two, episode 27, Stats That Matter. Week five was a disaster for kickers and my pickers for this week's games. Uh, hopefully I get better at picking these games or I'm not going to be the recipient of the ugliest Tom Brady Etsy jersey. It's not looking good for your boy. In our cups this week, it's an Imperial Stout from St. Louis, Missouri and a Belgian Ale from, keep it down, Tim, Placentia, California. Mm. <laughs> we know you all love following us on Instagram <laughs> at Stats and Matter and on Twitter at Stats Podcast for our fire content, meme sharing, and general hilarity. Find Stats and Matter wherever you get your podcast: Stitcher, Apple, Spotify, and Google. Tim, let's get into the show. Oh man, Sam, yeah, how you feeling, buddy? Oh boy, uh, you know if you listened to last episode, I was talking all that shit. I'm just gonna go ahead and crack right into this beer here. Um, mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is this is how you know it's not going so well. This is uh, an Imperial Stout from uh, Perennial Ales. <laughs> it's called Fantastic Voyage. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. it is, let me take a look at the, uh, it's an Imperial stat with coconut. It contains lactose and it is 11.5%, which, uh, let's be honest, it's going to need to be a lot of this, uh, going around tonight, uh, not just for picks, <laughs> but all things considered, uh, look, obviously I was completely wrong with my Seahawks pick last week, talking a lot of trash, you know, Seattle is obviously not as good. And then the beer is overflowing on the on the glass. That's a good thing. Didn't even smell it. Just hop right in. Not gonna lie, tastes a little bit like uh, fish food from Ben and Jerry's. Pretty good. Pretty good. Oh, I was very confused yeah. for a sec. I'm like <laughs> fish, like actual <laughs> fish food, or no. the ice cream. Okay, the ice cream. That's better. That's, I, that's, I had to make that's, a business decision. The beer started overflowing onto the desk here, and as it's not my desk, it's my wife's. I want to make sure I don't ruin everything there. So, um, yeah, I was, you know. Talk about the Seahawks, but then I just had to dive headlong into this. Uh, ooh, that's uh, that's actually not bad. Yeah, okay. Sam, Sam's not having a great day. Um, sure ain't. Yeah, sure, sure ain't, yeah. Bob. Okay. Uh, I, had to, I had to talk him out of uh, uh, funneling that beer at the start of this <laughs> podcast because we had to get through it. So yeah, yeah. He and, just, you know. he, it quote unquote overflowed, so he had to quickly drink it faster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it didn't chalk on it. Uh, okay, so strong notes of chocolate, coconut. To me, it I, I get that fish food. Um, taste it's like it's got a, like a little marshmallowy chocolate feel to it i, I like the taste of the coconut uh, i'm gonna give it a four two right off the top back to the, this week's regularly scheduled programming uh got the the pick wrong completely wrong even though it was your pick and you got it right i got it wrong talking all that trash um there are there are a few things i would rather do tim than watch mm-hmm. that game again um just a few things uh number yeah. one I'd rather be a participant in the Squid Games. So I don't know if you're if you're familiar with that on Netflix, but yeah, your boy would would be one of the 456 people to go ahead and sign up for the Squid Game. Uh, number two, I'd rather be on the original, the OG version of Fear Factor, where you have to eat bull testicles, hissing cockroaches, and have spiders and snakes crawl over you. Um, yeah. Number three, I'd rather endure a torture scene from a James Bond film. And uh, number four. I would rather get a ticket for doing 75 in a school zone than watch that game again. Uh, hmm. Russell Wilson injured. I'm sure you're going to talk about it. Uh, my life is currently um, the representation of that meme of that dog with the house is on fire and he's melting yeah. and he says, this is fine. Yeah. So this is fine, Tim. Uh, this is the beer I'm drinking this week. Everything is fine. Tell me what beer you're drinking <laughs> as I <All> right. <clears throat> silently into this microphone. Uh, yeah. So... <laughs> I, I 
wish I felt bad for you, but you talk so much shit. As, as I want to do. Yep. Um, and I, I, I will stop short of saying karma because that would be a bit aggressive in terms of, of what that outcome was. But yeah, just a bit. Um, yeah. So uh, mixing up a little bit. I got some uh, mischief from Brewery. I'm just going to say it's in California. I'm not going to say that name again because it makes me want to vomit every time. It's, it's like saying the word moist. <laughs> moist. Moist. Placentia. Yeah. What? Don't hey, say those together. You, you said it. I, I, I don't know what you said. You said it. Uh, anyway, it's mischief. Uh, it's labeled as a hoppy Belgian style ale, but really it's a it's a like a golden blonde ale. Uh, or a golden ale. Uh, it's it's one of their uh, like gold medal recipients from you know many moons ago. Brewery's an OG that's been around for a while. Anybody who has ever heard of them has probably had any of their stouts. They're pretty widely distributed. Um, not the the best of them. You know they've been they've been distributing for a long time, but most of their best beers they are you know either specific to california the brewery only releases but you can find beers like uh black tuesday white chocolate um things like that they're they're worth picking up and having them keep around especially if you're into adjunct stouts um for me some of their uh off stout styles uh are a little bit more hit or miss they tend to be sort of west coast style ipas they're obviously making New England style hazier IPAs now because if you don't you're you're gonna go broke because you need the Sams of the world to to fork over their pennies. Big facts. Um, but uh, I've been trying to mix it up a little bit because I'm a little I'm a little IPA'd out of it. To be honest, if I'm not recording this podcast, I, I have some beers in the fridge, but I'm usually drinking a whiskey these days or high life now. Um, I've kind of gone back towards college, except with better whiskey tastes. Um, but this felt like a little good. Uh, this felt like a pretty good alternative. Not, not as light as a lager, Pilsner. Not as you know robust as a as a New England IPA. But let's see. I had an Allagash Trapellum in the fridge, and I almost did it. We could have had a Belgian twofer, but then I decided that I needed to drown my sorrows. So that's why. All right. So first off, uh, not a big fan of the smell. Got to be honest. It uh. I know it's I know they call it a, a Belgian style ale, but I think that's because there's like hints of sort of clove or that like banana peel e you get sometimes with like um like a white. Um uh, mm-hmm. get that fruity ester there. That that's a that's a that's a strong characteristic of uh, a Belgian ale. So at least it's true to style. Um <clears throat> yeah, a little too true for my taste. I am not a, <laughs> I am not a huge fan of this. I'm trying to add a Starburst right before right before we do this. Let me get let me get a palate cleanser real quick. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm a little palate cleanser. You can't see it, but he's shaking a Miller a Miller High Life. The champagne Chom- man. Yeah, the, the Champagne of beers. Um, quick side note: there was a pool hall in Cambridge, Massachusetts, across the street from where I work. I used to work. Uh, you would order. You could go in and order a forty of High Life, and they would serve it with two champagne glasses. It was amazing. Two Beautiful. champagne flutes. Beautiful. All right, <clears throat> Starburst out, uh, palate cleansed. Nope, still don't like it. Uh, <laughs> now, this is what I would call karma. You know, I, it is a, uh, it's, in, it's interesting. I can't quite put my finger on what it is that I'm not a, 
not a huge fan of it, but just nothing about it's. I can usually like choke down a white. I'm not a white fan at all. I, I really, really dislike that sort of after flavor that the taste you're kind of left with. It to me, it's very clovey. It reminds me of smoking cloves in in college when you had the hipsters roaming around. Yeah, did you smoke them in college or you smoke them in eighth grade, Tim? Come on, now, don't lie. Uh, never, never for the people. <laughs> no, hey, never shit, in eighth grade. Clothes in high school, so I mean, I'm not hiding anything. <laughs> no, I, I did not because I didn't like it then. I didn't like it now. It reminds me of when you get the, uh, you know, the old school style ham where they used to put the cloves in it and they forgot to pluck one out, and as you chew into the ham, you got a mouthful of it, and you're like, Oof, nope. I mean, I'm not that old, but uh, close. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna give this one like a two. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've had worse beers. I could probably, mm, I'd even go lower, I think, but I like the brewery as a whole. I, you know what? I'm going to give it like a one five, a one five. This is the, uh, my lowest beer I've had in a long time, a long time. Today, October 13th is the day that Tim has rated one of the lowest beers ever. Wow. On Stats podcast. So. I, it's just the the there's too many flavors that are melding together. It doesn't taste like a typical white. It doesn't taste like a blonde ale. It's somewhere in the middle. And there's nothing sometimes I can pick out like, you know, a flavor. And to be honest, this, you know, if you like whites, you may enjoy this beer. If you like sort of the, the Belgian style, you may like this. But if they're trying to say this is a blonde ale, I'm not feeling that at all. It's sort of it's like a a hodgepodge of mm. different beers that they just threw into one that has that finish. Now, as it sits here and warms up a little bit, it's kind of it's it's getting a little better, but I don't think I will be Could drinking be the, the best, other three yeah. beers. I will not be drinking the other three. It's <laughs> yeah, it is eight point five percent. So if you got through one of these, You'd you feel might okay. be able to uh, tough Stomach. it out. But, yeah, man. All right. Uh, well. We should spend no more time talking about it. Those are those are the beers that's in our cups this week. Go find them. Um, and Don't find if, this one. If you happen to be in Placentia, California, yeah. <laughs> you can go find it. Tim, lead us off with these picks. I know when we get to the end, we have a running tally, and you'll probably tell me you know, how you're kicking my ass right now. But let's go ahead and get this out of the way. Um, I have some you know stitches that need to go in. Um, so I'm going to bite down on my wallet over here and you just recap what happened on Thursday night football to start us off <laughs> in this episode with a dub for your pick, but not a dub for my pick. All right. So, uh, anybody who harkens back to our, our previous episode heard my departing shot, which wasn't meant to hurt. Uh, it was meant to just be factual information and in I which that person. I, yeah, which I was, uh, uh, you know, feeling. And not only was I correct, I was correct in a very, very, uh, poor way. So I'll go, I'll go, I'll go easy on Sam. I'll, I'll, I'll give him, you know, a, a little bit of due, but I called it right before it started. Um, uh, tough break for the Seahawks. Literally, one of one of at least a handful of quarterbacks to suffer some God pretty similar it, injuries. <laughs> With both Wilson and Stafford injuring their hands, I can't quite put my finger on Stafford's slow what start the, over damn. the last two weeks. <laughs> for the last two weeks. But uh, I got to add it to him. He, he kind of oh, has been making. <laughs> he's been uh, he's been finding ways to make some some pretty great halftime adjustments. 
Uh, he had 131 yards in the first half. Looked a little bit like he was going to to stumble, you know, through the game, but ended up finishing with 25 of 30 uh, for 37, 365 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Wilson, he didn't make it out so lucky. Uh, if you have not seen the video, uh, don't go and find it. It's you know, con- I mean, it's 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 gruesome in terms of injuries that could happen to a finger required some surgery. Uh, he will be out for the foreseeable future. I think six to eight weeks or something like that is I, I think what they were talking about. Um, it was uh, a, a, you know, no pun intended, a really tough break for a team that was, you know, kind of treading water for a little while. And, and it seemed like they were trying to figure uh, Sam's holding up his perfectly straight finger, which is the complete opposite of what Russell Wilson's finger was. No, I, so. I too have, uh, I too have mallet finger. That's what this is, Tim. I just can't put my finger down. It's just, it's just stuck this way. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. Have you? So, a quick side note. Yes, I looked I, it up before I finish this. Have you seen some of the uh, photos from? from other quarterbacks who have had or other football players who have had similar injuries. Yeah, it's it's typically a baseball injury. So I No, don't... no, I mean like football players who to this day still have like gnarly crazy warped fingers. It's yep. disgusting. Yeah, it is. It is. There's uh, a, there's it, a commentator on the NFL network, there's a commentator in the worldwide leader. Uh their mm-hmm. fingers go at 45 degree angles. Uh it's it's bad. Yeah, it's bad. Keep going. Let's let's we got to get through this. Uh, just, yeah, we'll bet we'll bet we'll bang out the the rest of this. Um Smith came in and actually played pretty well, in my opinion. I think he, uh, while not amazing, at least came out and and made attempts to kind of keep them in this game. The problem is their defense is continuing to struggle uh, until Jamal Adams gets more involved. He hasn't had a single sack, and they just paid the man seventy million dollars. Like it's, he has to do more because it's otherwise going to be a a terrible uphill battle to it's it, and just a, a too big a task for someone like Geno Smith to come in and make any sort of effort here. Right. There's a reason he's a, uh, a, a career backup. Um, he went for 10 for 17, 131 yards. He did have a touchdown also threw a pick, but Russ threw a pick in the game as well. So, you know, that's a tough benchmark to hold up to. I think Russ is kind of, had issues with the the interception as long as we've been doing this podcast it's been something we've kind of gone to where at least once a game you can count on him throwing a, a, an interception it just when it comes sometimes the timing is better than others but if they have any sort of chance while russ is out of making a run their defense needs to get more involved they need to help stop more of the the scoring if they expect gino to keep them close i mean they end up losing this one 17-26. There was a little bit of a stretch down the road. I mean, a, a little bit of a run down the stretch where you thought maybe he might come in and, and work some magic, but they did come up short. Metcalf, as of today, which is Wednesday when we're recording, Metcalf has been listed as questionable going into this weekend. So um, more holes that they're going to have to try and, and, and figure out. I mean, you know, you never know with those Wednesday listings. Usually they turn around on, on game day, but... Um, if he's out, that's that's a huge shot because even Gino uh, had him as his first and second targets for for the weekend. So if you're down one of your primary receivers, 
you got to try and figure it out with somebody else. Uh, I think that's too tall in order. So I think the Seahawks are in for some rough weeks, my friend. And for that, I apologize, and we'll finish this shitty beer in your honor. Um, you can't hear it, um, but right now I'm saging this podcast to get all of the, the bad energy out of it. Uh, let's go into Sunday morning, our one of our first London games of this year. Look, Sunday morning football on the land, T. Crumpets and Ted Lasso. Don't mind if I do. Don't threaten me with a good time, all right? Starting Kyle Pitts in fantasy, waiting for an inevitable breakout game. Don't mind if he do either. Nine receptions on 10 targets, buck 19 yards, and a score. Long of 39 yards. This is why the Falcons drafted him. Where the hell has he been for the last four weeks? I don't know, but you are certainly happy to see it. You know who's not happy? Damn Jets. Uh, because even without Calvin Ridley, this looks like the Falcons team we were expecting to see under the former offense coordinator for the Tennessee Titans. Matt Ryan is quietly picking up steam over the last few weeks. He had that ugly string of interceptions and terrible games to begin, but yards per attempt are increasing from just under seven to nearly eight um, for each game. He's averaging three touchdowns a game with no picks in the last few. So I guess all that needed to happen was Cordero Patterson to stop being a wide receiver and start being a running back. That just cleared everything up, right? Between him and Mike Davis being a nice one and one a running back combo, what's there to worry about? Again, we've talked about it before. If you chuck it 30 times and you only throw for 200 yards, what is the fucking point? Zach Wilson did just that. Tossed it 32 times, connected on 19 for 192 yards. Now, he's in a rut right now. He's averaging 30-plus pass attempts per game and only connecting on about 20 of them for about 220 yards a game. Oof. That's what I put in the notes. Oof. It's pretty bad. Uh, what's more concerning to me, though, is that Robert Sala, who's a defensive coach, has a team that's not registered a single sack on Matt Ryan the entire game. Just That just doesn't make sense. You should be able to, you know, experience a breakdown of coverage or get a coverage sack, or maybe you get, you know, free sprung off the line because you have a stunt. Even with the Jets driving at the end of the regulation, I didn't ever feel that this game was out of hand for the Falcons, and Wilson threw an ugly pick right on time. Uh, the Jets' offense is trailing their opponents by an average of 300 yards in both the air and on the ground. Uh, I don't think that there is much hyperbole to say here that just like what you were saying about Seattle, they're going to need some incredible defensive stands to keep games close this year, and they're just not currently capable of doing it with the personnel they have right now. They The Jets lose to the Falcons 20-27. to 27. Hmm. Another big game by Matty Ryan. I'm glad it actually pulled out this time because, uh, man, I was I was feeling it. Uh, <clears throat> all right, so I had the Lions and Vikings, and just so that, that everybody is aware, this is my one and only missed pick this week. Uh, Tim Stradamus, he's back. I know. Sam Stradamus is on permanent vacation. Sam Stradamus <laughs> is currently not accepting questions, and he's uh, going to wear sunglasses <laughs> for the rest of this podcast because his eyes are getting dilated as we speak as he's chugging. This this beer is already halfway gone. So. And he's here just so he doesn't, doesn't get, get fined. Yep, keep yeah. going. <clears throat> All right, so as we look around the league, um, a lot of the big quarterback changes that have, took, that have taken place both this season and last season, uh, all of them seem to be panning out pretty well. We all know it. Tommy's doing it down in Tampa. We know what Stafford's doing. Uh, I mean, we, we, we know what some of these these other guys who have gone on and, and, and found bigger and better things. But, Sam, do you know who it's not working out all that well for? I want to say Kirk Cousins. 
Uh, I would say one Jared Goff. Oh, probably. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that man is having a very difficult time uh, holding on to the ball. Uh, his favorite thing to do uh, as of late is to either put it on the ground or give it to the other team, uh, which isn't great. But in his in his defense, it's not all his fault. He's been he has a banged up front line. He has a uh, uh, one of their star rookies who's been potentially playing with like a lower leg ankle ankle injury, uh, who's just handing out sacks. For, for lunch and, and breakfast every day. Um, I thought for sure this might be the Lions week as the Vikings, you know, week after week, they're kind of sliding in the wrong direction. Uh, their defense, it ranks amongst, you know, kind of the middle of the pack in terms of yards allowed, has managed to maintain, you know, I think they rank like fifth or sixth in term of points allowed. So they're bend but don't break defensive style has been holding up until this point uh eventually they're going to need to figure it out because you know you're barely squeaking out some of these wins when you start going up against the more difficult teams obviously that's not going to work so well you're not the, the that was sort of the the patriots mantra for a long time bend but don't break i don't think this vikings team is anywhere near on that level uh it took a last second 50 yard field goal which as we saw by most of the other uh games in the league that day uh anything over 28 yards was not a gimme and even some of those kind of got uh blown up but uh i i, I think in, in in my opinion while they got this win it wasn't over it wasn't a huge confidence builder for anybody who's rooting for this team or watching the team in my, I think the Lions should have taken this game. It shouldn't have been nearly as close as it was. But, uh, you know, Goff dropping the ball. I mean, he was pressured constantly uh, just because his, his line couldn't stop anybody. So uh, another guy I feel for, another team. And this is going to be a trend that we're talking about as we go through these rundowns. Offensive line problems. It's been a big problem for a lot of teams this season. The Lions are no different. This is the worst start they've been off to in a, in a very long time. Um, eventually, I think they'll figure it out, but they, they need to make some adjustments and, and shore up that offensive line if they plan on doing anything. Let's continue this wild ride. Saints, Washington football team. If you had gone to space at the end of last season, Tim, and you had no connection whatsoever up there to keep up with the NFL, and you landed Monday morning, you wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised to see the Saints beat the Washington football team 33-22. You wouldn't. Mm-hmm. You would expect that to happen. What you would be surprised was that Alvin Kamara, Marquez Calloway, are vibing in unison with one smoking Jameis Winston. Oh, easy. Easy with the smoking Jameis Winston. That's, it's Jameis. Hell, who's next week? <laughs> Carry on. Uh, uh, I actually had a fantasy football team a couple years ago. It was called Smoking and Winston. Uh, it was, I thought it was pretty funny. It was nice and original. I didn't have to Google it. You know? right, fair enough. Uh, I lost that year though, so I just you know if if you have a if you have a bad fantasy football team name, you just don't keep it. You just you just immediately burn the tape. Uh, so what's gonna make you scratch your head here? Because it definitely made me scratch my head here. Is that uh, Winston completed fifty percent of his passes? He tossed it thirty times. He connected on fifteen of them, and he p- compiled four hundred seventy nine yards and, and four touchdowns. With one pick. Uh, Taylor Heineke came back down to earth and looked more like the non-alcoholic version of Heineken than he did his sponsor, <laughs> Bud Light. Okay? Zero TDs, two interceptions. 
Uh, the football team honestly had the game mostly under control during the first half, which was pretty great. They were settling for field goals um, before Team Titan Antonio Gibson brought them up to par with the Saints. You got to be feeling good if you're the football team and you're making it to halftime and you're only down by a score. You're thinking, this is James Winston. He's going to give us one. We're going to be fine. And then there were just massive cracks in the defensive coverage. And Winston just had touchdown passes of 72 or 49 yards with seeming ease. He did it in both halves of this game. And I expect there to be a little more than one pick and two sacks from a football team defense that's anchored by Chase Young and has Eli Apple on the back end. I just would have thought there would have been a little more pressure. Now, bad news continues because the Washington football team won't be facing a team in which the quarterback on the other team gives them a free pick every week. The next four games, checks notes, Kansas City, Green Bay, Denver, Tampa Bay. Oof, 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 oof. There's only two of those teams I'm worried about, and we'll get into that later. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, I had um, a a quick little note on that. This is another one of those games where Jameis Winston's numbers don't match up to the performance. Like when when you see it, you're like, oh, Look at how how well they won. And then you look at the numbers, you're like, I don't understand. How did in 15 passes did this happen? That is a trend, and I'm going to call it for the rest of the season. That is a trend to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Um, the Patriots-Texan game. This one ended up uh, a way better game than I thought it was going to be. I thought this was going to be sort of uh, Jones is coming out um, or sort of like, you know, his his advancement on last week because I thought he played very well last week. Um, I think he played pretty well this week, but it wasn't perfect. Uh, he, he did put up a pretty good effort. He did get some help by some poor defensive discipline, which helped extend some drives. There was, uh, a, you know, a couple notable defensive passing interference calls that helped kind of keep things going. Um, but, he only missed seven of his attempts. He made 231 yards. The team themselves made some pretty costly fumbles, though, that are a little bit uncharacteristic. Uh, you had a fumble on the goal line. A um, couple guys go down for injuries, which obviously doesn't help. But it was uh, it was overall a pretty ugly game on terms of discipline on on both sides of the ball. It was more about the sloppy defense of New England in this one because you had uh, a, a a fella by the name of Davis Mills who, unless you follow Houston or anything that's been going on, you would not have known who this man was. Uh, but he is the quarterback that has been responsible for their previous two blowouts. Like, they got their ass kicked the last two weeks. Uh one of which was the 40 to nothing blowout that they suffered against the Bills. Um, he looked like a stud in this one. He made some pretty drastic improvements in uh, both his reading, both his progression, like all, all of his game looked to be intact at least for about two and a half, maybe three quarters of this game. And then it all kind of, got shut down. You know, Bill Belichick went into halftime, made his transitions, made some adjustments, and they came back out. And they and, and while they didn't shut him down, um, they, they did definitely limit him. Uh, in the first half, he had a 67-yarder to Chris Moore, which 
I think, put more on display how banged up the Patriots' secondary and defense is. Um, they lost another couple players in this game. They literally couldn't cover anyone in this game, and they made Mills look like a veteran quarterback. Uh, his QBR rating, I, I, I'd have to look it up, but I'm pretty sure his QBR rating landed somewhere in like the 120-ish range after coming out in like, you know, very, very low double digits the week before. Yeah, 141.7 is what he finished uh, with his QBR rating. He had three touchdowns, 313 yards. Again, I think that speaks more for uh, the the poor defensive play and the banged-up secondary of New England. Some of those plays, you know, guys were wide open, big gains. Uh, they face a Colts team next week, which could really be a toss-up. Neither one of those teams are playing very well. But this could be a confidence booster and potentially a turn. I mean, his passer rating – over the last two weeks, uh, the, the the four games he has played in this season, he had a fifty eight point one, a ninety five point five, twenty three point four, one forty one point seven. So if there is a pattern, the Colts aren't necessarily a fantastic team, but they are capable of winning some games. They're going to have to really uh, put up a, a better defensive effort this time around. Interessante. All right, Dolphins Bucks. Clearly, mm. whatever curse. Brady has against the Dolphins, I'm tying to two things. Being coached by Bill Belichick or the lack of playmakers drafted or coached by Bill Belichick. Because this was an ass-whooping of epic proportions. Tom Brady had five passing touchdowns over 400 yards passing, 144.4 pass rating out of a possible 158.3, which you just said Davis Mills absolutely eviscerated a Belichick defense, which, oh, wouldn't it have been nice for a quarterback to be there like Stephon Gilmore? Oh, but wait, you got traded mm. to the Panthers. Sucks to suck. Look, two touchdowns this one to Antonio Brown. One with on a slant route that a defender was literally feet from destroying Brady. Uh, and no roughly the passer flag whatsoever because Brady got it out and the guy just did the rest of the work. And then another two touchdowns of Mike Evans. Makes this Buccaneers team look like fantasy football squad on, on the turf in real life. Um Miami had no choice but to abandon the run game pretty early on. And when your game plan revolves around Jacoby Brissett having to throw, it's OVA over. Uh, but, I mean, like, it's even worse when you think about it that he went against the defending Super Bowl champions who handled Patrick Mahomes. There was nothing that Brissett was going to be able to do except sort of triage the damage. Uh, and good luck with that. Blaine Gabbert played meaningful snaps for the Buccaneers in a week five game week five. That's how, that's how bad of an ass whooping this was. Arians was like, you know what, Tom, you're done for the day. Put the cap on and just, you know, let Blaine Gabber go out there and do his thing. Like, come on, let this again, two sacks by the dolphins on Brady. Wasn't enough. Given what we've seen thus far, I'm not sure that there's going to be many teams who can handle the bucks. Just don't. Uh, Brady is eradicating all of his demons in his path. Like Gerald Rivia from The Witcher on Netflix, and I'm, do, I'm doing all the TV references today because that's just what I'm doing. I may never pick against this team again. Mm. Uh, this was certainly nice to see the University of Washington alumni, Miles Gaskin, for the Dolphins. Two touchdown receiving day, uh, even in a loss. A lot of people have been hyping up Gaskin all year. Um, he just hasn't produced until today, and when he needed to, when the team called on him, he was there. 
Bucks 45, Dolphins 17. 45, math-wise, is 2.64 times more points than I felt they could score. I say again, I may never pick against the Buccaneers again. Would be a good choice. Speaking of uh, roughing the passer call, the call during uh, the London game against Matt Ryan is complete insanity. Like, I don't know... We'll have to, we should have a segment about this at some point because they, the, the only thing anybody could surmise was potentially the weight on, on the quarterback, like coming down with his full weight. But you're rushing in. You see a quarterback holding the ball, and you have to tackle him. You have to make sure you're not too high. You're not too low. Your helmet you're doesn't touch. just right. Your helmet's not touching his helmet. You're not doing it too late that the ball is already out. You can't leave your feet. You can't lift him off of his feet. All of these things have to go into it. And then as the quarterback is leaning to his right because he's throwing the ball, as it, and it, you're making contact as the ball is in his hand. But because he's leaning as he throws it and your body falls with him, tell me how you are mid-tackle supposed to lift your body off of a quarterback and let him fall whichever direction he's going to go. We are very quickly approaching like flag football rules for a quarterback. Like, oh, you got within two feet of me. Uh, I'm down. This pass does not count. Like it's because if say he goes in and makes that tackle and makes that contact and Matt Ryan breaks the tackle and runs off because you had to somehow manage your weight or impact on the player. They're not going to say, oh, well, that's because he had to be careful. It's going to be, oh, look how great he is with his legs. Look at him. Get out of that play. It's crazy. It's crazy. I think the most difficult thing to do is to play defense in the NFL with some of these crazy, crazy tackling rules. We'll do a whole segment on another day. Uh, It'll be called old men bitching about football rules that are antiquated. <laughs> oh, my God. It's such. A, I agree with a lot of the safety rules, the player safety rules. That is one that's impossible to adhere to when you're playing in a full contact sport. Just this. All right. Um, I'm going to declare it now. The let Joey roar movement has now officially come to an end. Two minutes and 12 seconds. Green Bay gave Crosby three chances to win the game in two minutes and 12 seconds in both the waning minutes of uh, regulation and overtime. And it wasn't until his second attempt in overtime that he was finally able to get through a 49-yard field goal to win the game. It's crazy for a man who's been basically automatic, but it was very sort of indicative of the weekend as a whole. You had lots of streaks for kickers that ended this weekend with some really tough misses. Uh, Crosby, he, he's lucky that it went through. Uh, if it didn't, Rodgers very well may have sacrificed him to the football gods uh, because, man, I don't know how you look at that as a scenario where you've given your team a chance to win three times, three times in two minutes and 12 seconds. That's very difficult to do. And your kicker, the guy who's paid to get out there and make kicks, fails. Uh, Thankfully, Rodgers is playing more like the Rodgers of old, uh, who's able to dish the ball out effectively despite having some injury problems on their front line as well. Two of their best defensive players, they're gone. Three of their starters on the offensive line are out, which 
seems to be another trend worth following in the NFL this season. Devontae Adams was out doing his best to help uh, stacking up a whopping 206 yards on 11 catches. Aaron Jones, he put up 103 on his own. Bengals didn't really go without a fight, but factor in that Crosby missed three winning field goals that should have given them an opportunity to do something, and they couldn't capitalize on it despite their best effort. Could not seal the deal. Um they were in a position to take the lead. Unfortunately, the kicking plague didn't spare Evan McPherson in this one either. He missed a 57-yard winning attempt. He watched it get rejected by an upright. Uh, but we did see Jamar Chase out doing Jamar Chase things, and he's quickly sort of cementing himself as Joe Burrow's security blanket. Uh, he had 159 yards. It's the highest he's had so far this season. He's quickly becoming... Burrow's get-out-of-jail-free card. Whenever he's in a bind, that tends to be their go-to. So he's slowly moving up to that QB1 position on that team. Um, Burrow's needs to pull it together and be a bit more consistent going forward, or they're going to find themselves on the wrong end of a lot of these close games going forward. This is their most difficult team that they have faced up until this point. I mean, they're going to face a lot of a lot more difficult teams. Aaron Rodgers after the game are revealed later that after the game uh he had told him like listen man you got too much talent slide more because you know we're constantly talking about potential risks and and questionable listings for joe uh for joe burrows um you know he said he would have said the same thing to andrew luck you know had they met but um it it some special teams issues on both sides of the ball it came up just you know, a little shorter than, you know, I think they were anticipating. This game, I think, in my opinion, was a lot closer than it should have been. It should have been over uh, at the end of regulation. But, again, special teams woes. Carrying on, carrying on. You want to hear an absolute incredible stat? Yes. Three years ago, Seattle lost to Cincinnati. Yeah. In Cincinnati. Yeah. In OT. Mm-hmm. On a missed kick. Same, same wow. weekend. Same weekend. 2015. Wow. It's fucking unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. Yep. I couldn't believe it. And then seeing all the kickers miss, I was like, God, there's something wrong with that stadium. Maybe like, <laughs> I mean, Neil deGrasse Tyson did his little thing about like, you know, the curvature of the earth and the Aurora Borealis effect or Coriolis effect or whatever it is. Um, Coriolis effect. Coriolis. There you go. Yeah. With you, the first of all, you're in the military and that is a, <sighs> a term often. I'm not, I'm not Jake Swafford. Tim, I'm not a Marine sniper. I don't know what the Coriolis effect yeah. is. Yeah. Sat behind right. a desk. Anyways, I should yeah. be better at these picks with all my desk time. Anyways, Broncos Steelers. <laughs> the Steelers game plan has been recognizable for a couple seasons now. Rely on the run game led by one bell cow back and only one only. Trust mm-hmm. your defense to get turnovers. Take deep play action shots when the opportunity presents itself. Juju Smith-Schuster would leave this game with a shoulder injury so severe he's now on injured reserve. Najee Harris, Chase Claypool, and Deontay Johnson said, don't worry, fam. We got this. They held Big Ben look like the Ben of yesteryear. 15 completions, 25 attempts, 253 yards, no picks, two TDs. Corlin Sutton for the Broncos is one of those fantasy picks that flew under the radar. Bonafide wide receiver one. The guy saw 11 targets, hauled in seven for a buck 20 in a TD. No matter what your league scoring settings are, he is making hay every single week. Now, Teddy B last week, he had that concussion. Made it out of the protocol because you didn't want to really trust this game to Drew Locke. He played a respectable game. 
this is a nice get-right game for the Steelers. And the Broncos' running game totaled 106 total yards between everyone. And Najee Harris put up 122 by himself. You're going to need to figure out how you're going to beat teams like that, especially a team that, like the Steelers, says, we know what you are. This is who we are. You have to beat us. And teams just, for some reason, don't know how to do that, especially lower-graded teams like the Broncos right now. Nice get-right game for the Steelers. They need to figure out their identity because they're sitting at 2-3 and three in a very tough division where they have the least amount of bite at the moment. They got a lot of bark, not a lot of bite. Uh, Steelers win this one 27-19, but we'll be keeping a close eye on them. Um, Eagles-Panthers, Sam Darnold is just getting his ass kicked behind another shoddy line. This is, I feel like, a broken record at this point. Um, poor guy was running for his life, life in, in pretty much half of the dropbacks. Uh, the constant pressure kind of forced him to make some bad decision, kind of got back into some of the uh, the, the vintage Sam Darnold uh, emotes that we we're used to seeing through three interceptions. Without McCaffrey in the lineup, the team has a completely different feel to it and nobody behind the line to threaten the defense at all. Uh, or to pass block for that matter. That, that's that been something that's been void since uh, McCaffrey left. I know he's scheduled to potentially come back this weekend. Um, I thought they'd still have enough to come to overcome the offense that's been struggling to kind of find its identity. Eagles haven't been playing terrible. Jalen Hurts hasn't been playing terrible, but they seem to kind of go back and forth with their play calling week to week. This week, they were a little bit more conservative. Uh, it's It's kind of been a little bit, you know, out of sync, week in and week out. Uh, an interception, some mediocre play by Jalen. Kind of kept this one close. But couldn't seal the deal. They lost 28, uh, 21-18. Eagles are heading straight into a buzzsaw next week with Tampa. This could be a game where their confidence gets just completely crushed going forward. But... Um, they need to kind of dial in some of this consistency if they hope to uh, to to make any kind of improvements going forward. Titans Jags look the Jags came into this game trying to stop Trevor Lawrence from going zero and five. Never been zero and five before. Never lost, uh, except he did. Uh, Julio Jones didn't play in this game. Marcus Johnson led the Titans in receiving yards, and you don't know who that dude is, so don't lie like you do uh, and say, "Oh, I know that guy. He's on my squad." No, he wasn't. Um, Jags defense didn't show up until the second quarter but they allowed 17 points in that quarter. They put the Titans up for good. Not that it would have mattered if the Jags scored another time because Derrick Henry had three rushing touchdowns in the second half like he want to do anyways. Um, James Robinson continues to be a, a nice coming on focal point for the Jaguars. I don't know what's taking them this long. It's helping them stay in these games, but their defense is not. Uh, Robinson had 158 yards and a score. Now, if the Jags could get some consistency where they didn't maybe toss a pass to a tight end who then fumbles it, which then gets taken back for a 30-yard touchdown, maybe this team would look a little more organized instead of woefully unorganized. LaVishka Chenault, Tavon Austin, deep field shots. They're threats, but they're not being used enough. I don't understand what's going on in Jacksonville right now. They have the tools to be moderately successful. They've come close. And this is a division opponent. You just can't go and get your ass beat like that. And that's exactly what happened. Titans win handily. 37 to 19. Oh, God. (laughs) 
I got Browns Chargers. God damn. This one was uh this one was crazy. Uh it was like the home run derby of football. They combined for a total of 89 points between both offenses. Um Baker, who I criticized last week for not looking like himself and wondered if there was something maybe lingering injury-wise. Uh <clears throat> I'm not saying he listens to the podcast, but he probably heard it and thought, okay, well, I gotta step it up a little bit this week because uh he did. He played like a man on fire this week. The Chargers' run defense is a little sus, and by sus, I mean the worst in the league with an average of 150 yards, 157 yards uh, per game, which opened the door for Chubb to just sort of kick it in and allow uh, him to just run all over the field, including one massive 57-yarder. Kareem Hunt came in and, and closed up the job for him as well, ended up you know, with about 70 yards on his own. With a one-two combo like Chubb and Hunt, Baker needs to maintain some consistency because he's kind of been faltering kind of back and forth a little bit as we've seen week in and week out. Um, you can't really take anything away from him this week because the it wasn't as if they got blown out or he put up a poor game. Uh, his defense just failed to make any meaningful stops as well. He put up 42 points. Um, 305 yards he had two inter- uh, he had two touchdowns on his own no interceptions in the game but his defense couldn't stop anybody that has to do a little bit with Eckler that has a lot to do with Justin Herbert uh who was just an animal animal this week uh I think they really staked their claim as one of the best teams in the NFL this week uh, he put up 30, 398 yards. He had five touchdowns on his own, four in the air, uh, two with his stems. He had a phenomenal, phenomenal outing. Mike Williams, he got involved and helped out. He had 165 yards rushing. He had two touchdowns. Um, this, in my opinion, kind of exposed a little bit of the running game or the running defense, I'm sorry, on Cleveland side. Uh, you know, they had several guys who were in double digits on the day. You had uh, Keenan Allen, who had 75. Uh, you had Donald Parham, who had 29 <laughs> yards. Uh, his longest his longest rush was 22 yards and a touchdown. So um, some of this, I think, exposed some of the run defense for Cleveland. Not that... Uh, not that the Chargers defense is all that great on its own. They gave up, you know, 149 yards to uh, David Joku. Uh, they gave up 70 yards to Donovan Peoples-Jones. So both of these teams have a lot of work to do in terms of run defense. But uh, I, I won't take anything away from Baker this week. He just got outdueled by uh Herbert, who, in my opinion, is quickly climbing the ladders as one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I, I would agree with you there. Uh, it's also very nice. Um, I'll, I'll put another Squid Game reference out there. I don't think you've seen it yet because you didn't. I have you didn't. You didn't bite on my reference earlier, but uh, I saw uh, a little IG reel today. And uh, spoilers: <laughs> there was a there was this guy. He walked into the, you know one of the scenes in uh, Squid Game, and they hand him a container, and that container has a piece of Dalgana that he needs to chip something out of. 
Uh, and he opens up the container and it says, trade me Eckler. And the guy's like, shoot me now. Like, no, <laughs> it's not happening. I'm not, I'm not trading. I'm not trading Eckler. Kill me now. It's not happening. I'm doing the same thing. Um, if you have Eckler on your fantasy team and you win your weekly matchup, hit him up on uh, Twitter and Instagram. You had to have drafted him. You had to have started him and you've had to have won your lineup, but you could be entered to win a signed jersey by him every single week. It's amazing. There's wow. no reason to not do it. Uh, and oh, by the way, his offensive coordinator j- just came from the Saints where they made Alvin Kamara fetch. So big points this year. All right, Bears, Raiders. The Raiders are supposed to win this game. That's why I picked them. But the Bears finally started to start playing good football. Better late than never. Uh, the Raiders' rushing game, virtually nascent, didn't exist. The entire team failed to match Khalil Herbert's 75 yards. If you don't know who Khalil Herbert is, he's not David Montgomery. He's not the backup, Damian Williams. He's a third-string running back, and he got more ground than the entire Raiders squad that has Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, and two quarterbacks. Both quarterbacks combined for just 300 yards in this game, which is abysmal. It would be difficult to call this game a stinker because the Raiders, they got to win a lot of games to keep up with their division. But in Bears land, look at me, look at me. Justin Fields is the captain now. Healthy Andy Dalton tossed one pass, completed one pass for eight yards. That's it. The Bears' defense totaled three sacks to the Raiders, too. But nothing that the Raiders did seemed to keep their hope of winning this game alive. Uh, And Matt Nagy appears to be coaching for his job now. Better late than never. They salted the lead with a pair of field goals, one minute and 49 seconds apart in the fourth quarter to win 20-19. to 49ers, uh, Cardinals. This is another one where, you know, I'm out here trumpeting once again. I'm bringing your attention to a banged up team. Um, I I don't know at this point if it's even worth mentioning all the banged up teams because they all seem to be banged up. They've been without uh, their starting center. They've been without their tight end, Max Williams, uh, and two of their starting quarterbacks, Byron Byron, uh, Murphy Jr. and and Marco Wilson. They've both been out, too. Um, Slowly, these injuries are starting to stack up, and it's causing Arizona to sort of regress back to the mean. Uh, They came out of the gate firing. You thought they were going to be some – uh, one of the favorites to to do well throughout the season, and then they come up against San Fran, who uh, is not in the best of shape and uh, only could put up 17 points. They only gave up 10 points, so they did end up winning this game, but this is one of those that I thought could have been a game, especially coming off of Arizona's win last week, that they could have put up a, a statement piece going up against the rookie quarterback who, in my opinion, is not is not ready. Uh, there was a lot of speculation on what might happen when Garoppolo comes back. Uh, Trey Lance did not have a, a a great game in any facet of the imagination. Uh, 15 for 29, 192 yards, zero interceptions, an interception, took two sacks. Uh, it is It was just a, a little bit of a mess. And going up against the team who is suffering from – some pretty significant injuries. You thought, you know, they might have an opportunity to, 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 to make some moves and, and do something. They could not, they could not, um, their defense is kind of trending in the right direction by limiting, you know, this was it while they lost, it was a good sign to hold Murray to 17 points. Uh, it's not enough to overcome the offensive deficits that they have. 
you need to hold him to as few points as possible because your offensive side of the ball is not going to help you carry the team whatsoever. Um, Lance did show some promise with his legs. He was able to make up and extend plays when needed, when he had to scramble and run. But injuries, uh, sorry, not injuries, penalties, drops were a big problem in this game. He had some pretty heartbreaking drops that might have kind of shaped the way that this game looks. And to be fair, um, statistic-wise, may not have reflected how well he was actually playing in this game because he, he had some deflections. The The interception was a, not a true interception. It came off of a deflection. But a lot of the major drops from some of his go-to guys or what you know he's new, so what should be some of his go-to guys, really kind of killed this game for them. Uh, If their defense can keep playing well, they could keep them in some games, but their offense needs a lot of work and they need, you know, while Jimmy G has his own struggles as of late, I do genuinely think he needs to be back behind center in order for them to make any sort of progress. Giants, Cowboys. If Hmm. you don't think at this point in the season that the Cowboys are for real, you're likely paying attention to their lighter strength of schedule, and you're not actually watching football. They start off the season losing barely to the defending Super Bowl champs, which isn't easy, but Dallas has won every game since, even if their hard knock season was not that great. And then Hard Knock said for the first time ever they're going to do a hard knocks in season. I don't know if that was content-driven. Uh, would people ask it for that? Or maybe they just didn't get the ratings that they wanted. But Dallas is getting the ratings now. What's incredible about the Cowboys is that now their defense and their offense are complementary. It's never been that. It's always been one or the other. Um, it's kind of spectacular to see. Now, Dak Prescott has his revenge game against the team that was the opponent he broke his leg against just a year ago. The Giants in this one, oh boy, little shop of horrors. They lost Saquon Barkley, ankle, Daniel Jones, concussion, Kenny Galladay, and Rodarius Williams. Skill players on both sides of the ball, knee injuries in this game. And they tried to keep it close, but it was just not to be. Per the NFL stats, cornerback Trevon Diggs, who's Stephon Diggs' brother um, from for the Cowboys, has six interceptions in five games. Brady, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, Sam Donald times two, and Mike Glennon. Glennon, who came in for Daniel Jones in this game. Now, Greg Legg, Zerline, this game out of reach just before the two-minute warning. But the Giants are want for punishment, so they went ahead. And there's another pick of Glennon that went back. For 45 yards for a pick six by Anthony Brown, Cowboys won bigly, 44 to 20. This is my uh, dust my shoulder off moment here because I need we need a producer, someone who can like recall audio clips. And by producer, I mean maybe I'll just clip in audio of Sam going what when I picked the Bills <laughs> over the Chiefs this week. But um, I, I'm not shying away from it. I have said for the last year and a half that people are going to start figuring this out because there's now tape, right? It only takes game planning and some tape to come up with some sort of structure, right? You have to pick where you're going to let your wounds settle in. You're going to pick how much blood you're going to bleed out uh, against a team like the Chiefs. A lot of people make um a lot of 
offhand comments about Brady's success and it being because of the weapons that he has, but seems to forget uh, when they start talking about other teams and the weapons that they have, right? Like the, the Chiefs are a team that have multiple weapons, which include one of the fastest weapons in the entire league, which needs to be accounted for in terms of the success that they have had. When you decide defensively to just drop back, double team, and keep everything in front and force them to short game, Duncan Dimes, but you take away those deep balls, the deep Tyreek Hill slants, the the things that, you know, you get the ball in his hand and he's beating everybody for like a 60-yard run. What they what teams have started to do was you pull everybody back, you make him beat you in front of you, and he seems to be having a lot of difficulties with that so far this season. Uh, I think some of that is just teams who have kind of figured it out, right? There's already some grumblings as to whether or not they're going to make the playoffs this season, and some of that I think has to do with being in a league that is a mimic league. Once a plan works, once something proves to be effective, other teams will continue to mimic that same function until you come up with a a new game plan offensively. And right now, uh, they are struggling to do that. Their defense is horrendous, horrendous. So if you can limit Mahomes and that offense to uh, like fewer points, those wins are starting to come easier and easier against teams I really don't necessarily think they should have any sort of you know, reason to lose. The Bills, little different story. I do think this is their uh, this is their year in terms of maybe not winning it, but at least being part of the conversation at the end of the year where previously it was that's cute, but you play against the Patriots, so you know, we all know where this is gonna end up. This is potentially a season where they become part of the the postseason conversation. Their big problem though is on the the running game. They have super inconsistent running. Uh, Zach Moss, he's been playing, a, you know, more consistently and outputting uh, more productive yards than Devin Singletary. But neither one of them were really any sort of a factor in this weekend. So, if that is the case, and they are going to carry on, uh, they need to find ways to shore that up because until those two get more involved uh it's it's not going anywhere i mean singletary on the day was negative two yards and zach moss only had 55 yards dawson knox is the guy who carried them on the ground that uh, yeah this weekend so uh if you had him on your league it's because you picked him late because you had to fill a spot and p and he sure made it and he made it onto your roster and you probably didn't even know who he was when you started him. You just saw you had an open running back slot, maybe in a flex position he threw him in. And he got you a couple points because he had 117 yards and he had a touchdown. Uh Josh Allen. This is another one of those like James James <laughs> James Winston style games. He only completed 15 passes, but had 315 yards and three touchdowns. One of those passes was a 61 yard bomb. That uh, uh, that you know, obviously boosts everything. Mahomes looked a little bit sloppy in this one. He had two interceptions. He had a fumble for a loss. He was thirty-three of fifty-four. 
he did have two touchdowns, but uh, again, it's it's another one of those things that I, I I will continue to beat this drum. Now that teams have a game plan and they've seen plans that work, and you got to kind of, I think you have to kind of, you know, tip your hat to New England in the playoff stand they took against him because that kind of set the focus for what is now being done week after week after week against these teams. So all I'm saying is don't be surprised if these fellas are playing golf come uh, come playoff season. That'd be, that'd be wild. All right. <clears throat> Last game of the week, Colts-Ravens. Take the Ravens. The Ravens, Tim, no longer own the outright record for most consecutive games with 100 yards rushing because they didn't do it in this game. And that's because Lamar Jackson needed to throw to overcome a 19-point deficit against the Colts because they went down bigly early. And throw, he did. Here's a stat that doesn't matter from Good Morning Football. Lamar Jackson on the season has 1,860 total yards by himself. That's more yards than 49ers and Colts. Other Colts that he just beat. Uh, he completed 37 of 43 passes for 442 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Jonathan mm-hmm. Taylor and Michael Pittman were all the Colts could muster as a counterpunch. And that would be like throwing a jab when someone is using their body weight to lean on you and lob haymakers. Ah, did you see what I did there? It's a nice little Fury Wilder joke. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, the Colts mm-hmm. collapsed in the third. The Ravens tacked on point after point. They tied the game with 46 seconds to go in regulation. And it was murder, she wrote, from there because they would march methodically down the field in the OT, take this game 31-25, Doom the Colts to the bottom of the AFC South, which is exactly what should have happened anyways. Let's quickly recap some of these picks. We didn't pick correctly at all in week one, so that, that doesn't count. Uh, week two, we started. I had four, you had five. Week three, I had four, you had five. Week four, I had five, you had five. This week, I had six, you had seven. Total standing as it is right now, me 19, you 22. Not saying it's out. I mean, miracles can happen, but a three-pick lead after the first third of the season, not good, Bob. Not good. I would say I would I would say this week is going to be a tricky week. There's a lot of tough matchups going and, into this one. And teams are on by too. So let's get yeah. into that, Tim. You got the Thursday night game, Bucks mm-hmm. Eagles. Who do you got? I I mean, Bucks. <laughs> oh, I, I almost thought you went Eagles there for a second. I was uh I was prepared to highlight it. You, you don't think that the Eagles have a snowball chance now there? Uh, no. No, I do not. All at right. least not, not at this current moment. Uh, we, if, if, you were to, if you were to give it a bit, potentially. But the, the, the Eagles rank uh, third to last in terms of points allowed per game. And if you haven't been watching, Tampa Bay uh, is, is, is bad. It's bad. Yeah. Not good at all. All right. We have another London England game. This time it's the Dolphins versus the Jags. I think the Jags get their first win here. The Jags are used to playing in London. They're very familiar with how to do it. They've shown some fight in certain areas and they've just not been consistent. Um, winning solves everything. And I'm sure in that clubhouse right now, there's a lot of bad blood going around. They need to win more than I think the Dolphins do. That makes them a rabid, maybe caged animal. And I think they come out and do it this week. Real quick, uh, I did not realize this until now. Hmm. Do you know who ranks last? And I was incorrect. 
first. Philly, Philly is like tenth to last. Um, but do you know who is in last place in terms of points allowed per game on average? Take a guess. Any Don't guess. do it. Don't do it, Tim. No, it no. better be. It better be the fucking Houston Texans. Nope, it's not. The Kansas City Chiefs. Oh God, thank God. Thirty-two point six points. Had a little hard conversation there for a second. All right. <laughs> Seahawks, Seahawks are a solid 25.2. Uh, all right. I have uh, speaking Chiefs of. and Washington. Uh, so this this is the first start of those games where it's, you know, could go either way. Not in terms of skill wise. I think the Chiefs are going to they should and I hope win this game. But. Both teams are two and three. Washington and Kansas are literally. Last place and second to last place in terms of point a lot points allowed per game. Uh, this one could be one I see ending up in Washington's favor at the end of this. In which case, I'll blow my mind. It just would blow my mind if that would actually happen. <laughs> but I'm going Chiefs in this one because I don't have a lot of confidence in Heineke or the or Washington right now, especially with the turmoil that they're going through. So, going Chiefs. All right, I got Rams Giants. The Giants are going to be trotting out who knows what out there. And the Rams are the Rams. Nothing to, doesn't to say more. Sorry, Hunter. Sorry, Craig. Picking the Rams. Texans, Colts. This is another one of those tough. I mean, I got all the tough matchups this week because both of those teams are one and four. Um, I'm I'm leaning Colts because I think Wentz and their team has been playing better as of late. But it's going to depend on what Mills you get. Mills, as we talked about earlier, is up and down and up and down. Uh, the Colts' defense, in my opinion, uh, even though they allow more points on average, I think are in a better position injury-wise than the Patriots. So I think the Colts will, will hold up on this one, keep Mills to like a, a modest performance and, and, and take the win. A modest performance, just three touchdowns and 400 yards. Nothing big. <laughs> Bengals Lions. You said the hashtag let Joey Roar era is over, but it really is the kicker's problem. That's why they lost that game. It's not really Joe's problem. He's got he's got Jamar Chase. He's got some some other great uh receiving talents there. He's gonna get better and better and better. And they're facing an 0 5 team. So I just don't see the Lions beating the Bengals this week. Hashtag let Joey roar. Oh, man. All right. Uh Packers Bears. Uh I'm going to go Packers just because I think as of late, Rodgers uh, is a, uh, a different person in game one. And I know I keep referencing game one. I still think it's too early to, you know, write their name in, into the playoffs. I think, you know, they could kind of crash back down at some point. But uh, this is one of those where I got to kind of go with them until they prove otherwise. So, all right, Packers. Packers. Go Pack Go. I got Chargers, Ravens. I'm going to go upset here, and that means I'm picking the Chargers. Look, the Ravens were able to come down from 19. Hold on. Is that really an upset? I think just, it will be. We just call I, them one of the best teams in the league. and I think No, you call, week, them one of the, you call them one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, but last, they, year we, uh, last week we were saying Lamar was overachieving and carrying that team. He was, and as you can see clearly, when he needed to not run the ball every single time and he needed to throw all over the place, he, he did, right? Yeah. But the Chargers also let – the Browns go toe-to-toe with them and trade blows. I tend to think that there will be some defensive adjustments, and they'll try and make this game a little bit closer, which mm-hmm. is what I think it will do. But if I have to trust Austin Eckler, 
Mike Williams, Donald Parnham, Jared Cook, Keenan Allen, or mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, one of the five uh, practice squad running backs that they're currently trying to trot out. People are trying to sign midseason. Um, I mean, the Mark Andrews, you know, rejuvenation game, that, that was great. I just don't see Hollywood Brown getting that open, and I don't see any team, especially one who is coached by a former defensive coordinator, allowing the Ravens to come back from that big of a deficit. I think it'll be one of those 28-24 kind of games, and I think the Chargers win. All right. Uh, hmm. Vikings, Panthers, yet again, another one. I think for me, a lot of this hinges on whether McCaffrey makes the start. He's eligible to come back this week. I think it could potentially be something if he is in the lineup, he could have he can kind of turn the tide. It's very difficult to game plan against that level of talent. Uh, if he doesn't make the start, I actually think the Vikings take this one. But Ooh. uh I mean Kirk Cousins, he's got more touchdowns this uh this season, even though the yardage is about the same. Hold on, I'm, I'm not. I'm not ready to. I'm. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Oh, Give me he's a not second. Ready to make the pick, everyone. I highlighted it, and he said, "No, no, no, no." Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. I'm thinking because he knows uh, McCaffrey's coming back off IR this week, or he's slated to. So he is slated to, but I don't know if he actually is. Um, man, I'm gonna go Panthers. I'm gonna go Panthers. Yeah, and that's my friends is where I take. The lead in picks. They allow they allow season. they allow uh, fewer points per game than the Vikings do. Uh, they ah. score about the same amount of points. I know McCaffrey hasn't been in the lineup. Uh, they average about the same in passing yards. So th- that one's a tough one. I could be I could be eating that one, but if McCaffrey's back in, New Look Panthers, decent win. All right, I got Cardinals Browns. I'm going to pick an upset here. I'm saying Browns. Kyler Murray is questionable with a shoulder injury on the right shoulder. They were only able to put up 17 against a team. The defense is not really that great and didn't have George Kittle. I got questions. It's great that they started off 5-0. and I think, as you were saying, they will. That's some of those injuries are going to catch up to them and regress. And I also think that the Browns are fucking pissed. They just lost a game to the Chargers that they should have won. Because they 42 were, points and you lose. Oof. Correct. That kind of stuff doesn't sit well in the locker room. And they're going to go in there and they're going to absolutely trade punches with the Cardinals. I do believe that. And I do believe they win in an upset. And I am, uh, I don't even know if I'm like sure about these picks. Because all these picks are just fake and I just keep losing these picks. So I'm just, I'm just <laughs> saying what I would think in my mind would be a very nice Sunday surprise. Yeah. Um. Uh... This one's a tough one. I would, my gut would go Ra- I have Raiders Broncos. I would lean Raiders normally, but they are in the midst of some shit. Uh, and I don't know if they're going to come in galvanized because, you know, they have a pretty diverse team behind the scenes. Uh, first openly gay player, uh, several black players. If you don't know what I'm referring to, take a few seconds, do a little Googling, John Gruden emails, and, and you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, but they are the better team. So it's all going to come down to whether or not they can execute with somewhat limited guidance. I haven't seen yet who's going to take the mantle in his, uh, in his stead. Um, 
statistically, they are the better team, although Denver ranks second in uh, in terms of points allowed at only 15.2 points points a game. Um, but, ah, man, I think you purposely lined me up with all the hard ones this week. No, I didn't. I just go Tim Sam, Tim Sam, Tim Sam off of last week's. So if I had the last one, you get the first one this week. That's just just the way it goes. Just the uh, yeah, way but, she goes. Yeah, but four o'clock. You, I can see you switching up some of these orders. They all start at the same time. So why not? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, I think this is the week you catch up. This is my so mallet I'm about to finger. blow some of these. And this is another mallet finger. <laughs> yeah, now this is the week you catch up to me because I'm so back and forth. I mean, they're both three and two teams. One has. Uh, all right, the hell with it. I'm going to go Broncos just because I think there's going to be some inconsistency and whoever's filling in for Gruden is probably going to make uh, like at least one bad call or one poor time management decision, and it's going to cost them the game. All right. Um, usually I would give you the pick for your, your hometown team, the New England Lay Patriots, and I would usually you know give my thing for Lay Seattle Seahawks, but I won't do that this week. Uh, I got Cowboys Patriots. It's going to hurt. I'm sure Belichick is going to find a way that the Cowboys won't score 44 points. But they damn sure are going to score more points than what Mac Jones can give them when Davis Mills gave them a run for their money last week. Cowboys, hashtag Weedem Boys, you're welcome. Hmm. I'm looking through these picks. You have two. You have a one and four and an 0 and five team, Dolphins and Jags. Upset City. And then, and then you immediately follow it up with four and one and one and four Rams Giants. Three and two Bengals versus the 0 and five Lions. Uh, you have the four and one Chargers and Ravens. No risk it, no biscuit. And five and zero Cardinals and Bra- and Browns. And here I am. All of my teams are the same: Seahawks two and three, Steelers two and three. Look, uh, shit happens. Sunday night game. Don't muck it I up. I have team. I have zero faith, unfortunately, in the Steelers, but I have less faith in Geno Smith. How I can think. you have zero faith in one team and less faith than zero faith in another team? Huh? So you have negative faith in the Seattle Seahawks? So I, I don't have I I'm just saying I don't have faith in the Steelers, but I have even less faith in this in Geno Smith. Not it's not a math equation. I'm not saying I can only have little faith in either of them. What I'm give saying us, is give us give us the picks. I'm saying the Steelers uh have played well last week, but I don't have faith that they could consistently do that. But I trust Geno Smith even less than I do them. Uh if DK if if DK is actually out of the lineup. I think they don't stand a chance. Their defense is, I'm sorry, Sam, horrendous. And while the Steelers' defense isn't amazing, it's I could probably stop a backup quarterback decent. So I'm going Steelers. Sorry. You're in for a tough, a tough six to eight weeks. I'm sorry, man. I, I have some I have some tried and true things ready to talk shit, but I won't do it because uh do it. I'm do it. No, 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 no. It works, it. it works, it works so well for do you. It. Week. Do no, it. no, no. All right. Monday do night it. football. Bills, Titans. I'm not even going to spend too much time on this. The Titans probably will have Julio Jones back, but uh, that doesn't matter. Uh, the Bills are on offensive buzzsaw right now, a juggernaut, if you will, a bazooka. And I think that they continue to go on. So I will pick the Bills in this one. And those are our picks. And before we close this episode of the Stats Matter podcast, I think we do need you. You mentioned earlier with the uh, yep. with the Raiders pick this week, but we'd be remiss if we didn't sort of talk about it. So. Uh, Raiders head coach John Gruden, previous mm-hmm. former 
the artist formerly known as Coach John Gruden, um, no longer with the team, a trove of emails in which he used racist, misogynistic, homophobic uh, terms in which he traded photos of Washington uh, football team cheerleaders, likely without their consent, um, and just general debauchery uh, was in, uncovered as part of a investigation to the Washington football team in which Gruden you know, had emailed the team president back and forth. Uh, 650,000 emails were examined as a result of that, and the New York Times had a story um, just actually on Monday, right before the Monday Night Football game, in which um, obviously the Raiders decided they were going to mutually part ways with uh, with John Gruden and, you know, he resigned as the head, the head football coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. There's a lot to unpack here. I think one of the biggest things that we need to say from the get-go is that um, while times may change in people's interpretation or their slang or the things that they say um, may change and how people are offended by certain terms, that doesn't, uh, that doesn't take away from the weight of the things that were said, even if the intent might not have been malicious at the time. Uh, you say things um, when you feel comfortable. And when you, you feel comfortable enough to, as an employee of a, a sports production company, when you feel comfortable enough to make disparaging and racist mm-hmm. remarks about an African-American NFL Players Union representative. And if you have any questions about that, I encourage you to just go ahead and Google that racist trope because you're going to find plenty, plenty of things for it. Um, it's long been valued as a, a very, very nasty thing to say about a particular subset of people in this world. Um, it's been stereotypical and where there's smoke, there's fire. And unfortunately those are the things that ultimately brought Gruden down. Um, I, I thought that his response to it and saying there wasn't a racist bone in his body was bullshit. Other than the fact that literally every single email he sent to someone physically on a team that was being investigated. Now, I mean, you could say hindsight 2020, but it doesn't matter. These are things that he obviously felt comfortable enough and empowered enough to be able to say. Um, He had a position to do that. I wonder how many folks he might have pushed out of the league that had a different uh, stance. And then for him to go against female referees uh, standing or or kneeling for the anthem and then saying that Roger Goodell pressured Jeff Fisher into drafting Michael Sam as an openly gay player overlooks a couple things. Michael Sam wasn't drafted in the first 20 picks. He was drafted on like day three or day four. Uh, and to be honest, social justice initiatives have been something that the league has been lacking for a long time. I'm not really concerned about the Gruden emails. I'm concerned that the Gruden emails were given to us as a bunch of ravenous dogs while we're not getting the results of the Washington football team investigation because for cooperation into that investigation, confidentiality was given. And that to mm-hmm. me just seems like an absolute travesty. Um, you can't forgive things that Gruden has said. Um, we do wish him grace, but I, I don't think it's going to be as easy for him as as he thinks it's going to be. Obviously, he doubled down and he tried to make it sound like it was a misunderstanding until mm-hmm. the supporting evidence comes out. And it's just, it's despicable. I feel really bad for the Raiders team. They didn't deserve that. Um, and I, I'm interested to see how they handle it going forward. But, uh, man. Yeah. And that will do it for this episode of the Stats Matter Podcast. We thank you all very much for your support. Please like, share, subscribe to this podcast, and we will talk to you all very soon. Tim, you're going down. You're going down to picks this week, Tim. It's just happening. All right, fair enough. We'll see what happens. I uh, I did have a, I did have a tough schedule, so 
I got I got three to give away. At least. And you and I, I, I feel like you're gonna give away three, but that's just me. We'll see. But what oh you broke your you broke your streak, right? Oh no no you, no, you didn't. You still have five. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's 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 your high point. But all right everybody. Peace. <laughs>